Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of And Who Are You? I'm Ted Michaels, and the point of this show is to get to know people, maybe people I already know a little bit, but maybe I'll get to know them a little bit more. And my very, I'm so happy and pleased and honored to have Patrick Bristow. <laughs> the Patrick Bristow is yeah. my first guest, a uh, good friend of mine for many, many years. Professionally, personally, welcome, Patrick. Well, thank you. My God. I, I feel like I'm honoring you by being here. Well, I think you are. I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. We've known each other a long time. Yes, as you said, years and years, but you weren't terribly specific. I think it was probably the mid-90s when we first met when you started dating a Miss Heather Morgan. Yes. One of your good friends. Uh, yes, well, my best friend. To this day. Grandly. To this day. We, no. Our friendship has survived your marriage. Yes. What? And, and <laughs> what did he mean by that? What a thing to say. The great thing about you, Patrick, is that I know that Heather complains about me to you, but oh, I, know. I, never, I never get it. Back. I know everything, <laughs> and then some stuff that she probably made up. Yeah, some stuff that she was <laughs> exaggerating. Yeah. But I never get it back from Patrick, and that's the kind of guy he is. No, I only tell Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. And Peggy from Puppet Up. Okay. All right. Colleen. All right. Let's wrap. Oh, up. sometimes Grant. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes, we do a show called Puppet Up uh, for the Jim Henson Company. Many, many years again. Many, many years. That would be 2005 this time. So uh, about 18 years we've been doing that. 18 years. Can you freaking believe it? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's probably the longest thing I've ever done. I've not had kids. Yeah, well, your marriage has been longer than 18 Yeah, years. that's true. So uh, I guess being alive is the longest thing. It is the longest thing you've anyone done, yeah. has ever done. Yeah. There's got to be some way to break that, like some paradox, but I think you'd have to be doubling time, like splitting mm-hmm. into two lives at the same time. Yeah, I don't know if that would count. To have done something longer than your life. Yeah. You yeah, have to be like think... moonlighting with another yeah. life. I think that's why people want a legacy, because then they think, oh, now I can do something even longer than my life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably part of it. I think the other part is just flat out friggin' ego, you know? <laughs> like, when I'm gone, I mean, do I want people shit-talking me and everything like that? No. No. Not, probably not, but that's what I want now. When I'm gone, I won't matter. I think I want the big forget. Oh, I, I want... Yeah. Like, uh, who? Yeah. Ted Michaels. What? Yeah, that whole thing about like remembering your ancestors and like, you know, I think in some culture they dig up the bones, <laughs> yeah. like on the anniversary of the death and they party with them and then yeah. put them back. No. No, no. Let's forget. forget. me. Let's forget. <laughs> Just forget me. I mean, you can't ask people to do more than you do. Like, I don't remember people Oh, people do ask you to do more than you do a well, lot in Oh, life. that's true. They do ask. Yeah, like, you forgot my name. You forgot my name. Let me rephrase name. that. Like, you don't have to do more than you do no but that they will ask but the demand sometimes demand. yes now people are i'm done with them me too oh wow this took a except, turn i'm sorry <laughs> except you my friend oh look done. at us i'm not quite done here in my guest room. i'll let you know when i'm done okay and it's going to happen right at the end of this podcast. Oh, fantastic and i'll say i'm done all right and i don't mean just the podcast no you'll forget me like Future generations are supposed yeah. to. Yeah. 
You had an interesting childhood. Oh my God, yes. What? I love that energy. <laughs> that was a big yes of the yes and. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would have imagined you you grew up in like Manhattan or something <laughs> like that. Or, yeah, no, no, You no. know, Singapore. Maybe you were like a, the child of a of someone in the army. Or a diplomat like or a, something. A diplomat, like in France or something like no, that. No, you'd, you'd, you'd be very wrong. That's the vibe. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's probably the remnants of an affectation that I took on like around middle school or high school, okay. you know, to, to, to okay. come off more educated and, and more um, more posh than I am. Because you were in the Cosmopolitan Center of Burbank. Of Burbank, California, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I knew about Burbank from, uh, you know, Johnny Carson. And Laugh-In, maybe, although that's a yeah. little bit before your time. Yeah, Burbank was the butt of jokes. And rightfully so back then. Really? Yeah, there was nothing going on. So what kind of kid were you back then in Burbank, California? Uh, duplicitous. Um, I gave off. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you thought about this question before, Patrick? You oh, are yeah. not a straightforward kid. No, I appeared. You were not a Boy Scout. Oh, God, no. No. But I appeared to be like this A student, you know, like good kid, plays the clarinet, uh, um, you know, got co- confirmed in the Catholic Church, all that kind of stuff. But no, I had like, I was mischievous and, and, and doing bad things and thinking bad thoughts and... And, and lying left and right. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were you lying about, Patrick? Oh, my God, you name it. Hmm. I think I was so bored with being just another, you know, um, Irish-German uh, um, person. Uh, another whitey? Another just boring another whitey. Another Burbank whitey. Well, yeah, because in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, my friends were uh, Mexican, Cuban, Syrian. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some flavor. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you know, they had they had like some identity in addition to just being white bread American. Mm-hmm. And couldn't you just take the identity of the overlord? No, even even <laughs> I was outnumbered, so I, I couldn't pull that white supremacy thing. <laughs> I didn't, and also, you know, as bad as I was, that was not a card I think I was going to go for. <laughs> you were duplicitous. You I were was duplicitous, but evil. I wasn't a bigot. You were not evil. I was not evil. Good. And you were saying there was one thing you that killed me, and I think I've heard this story before, but uh, you pretended to be someone who you were not. Or you, <laughs> you, you, didn't you say you were like a relative? Of, oh, I, I said I was, um, well, no, actually, hold on. You know, I have to tee up for this, and I have to close the door lest it um, blow shut again like it did earlier. That click bang you heard earlier was a... Oh, we have to do some... Madness. I have to do a door thing. Okay. Hold on, I'm here. Yeah, so... What I heard was a story about you the Russian thing. To be a Russian Romanov. Well, I never said I was a Romanov. However, uh-huh. okay. however, right. Well, that would have been too on the nose. <laughs> no, of course, no. And I was, yeah. like I said, duplicitous, and, yeah. and uh, you know, my line. I thought I developed it to an art, and of course. Now, how old were you when this happened? Oh, this was uh, fifteen. Okay. And it happened in a moment. Before so you were yourself. You had all your faculties. You knew who you were. I knew exactly what I was doing. And you knew what you were doing. Yeah. And that it was wrong. <laughs> and I think I even knew that it was stupid. <laughs> but I did it and I committed. Um, you know, prior to that, as a, as a young kid, like elementary school, I told liars, like, my dad has a Cessna and he flew us to Australia. And people would look at me oh. and go, oh, how nice. And of course, you know, I didn't put it together that a Cessna can't make it to Australia. Right. You'd we have, have a to. we have a pet kangaroo and a koala bear, as you used to call them, koala bears. But people don't often call out fifteen-year-old kids on their facts. 
Well, they don't call out the little kids. It's like, oh, what an imagination he has. But at 15, no, I think I would have been called out. And I almost was. Right, you're right. So here's the, here's the basic setup. Like I said, I was so bored just being another, you know, friggin' red-haired Irish Catholic with some German and English, you know, mixed mm-hmm. in. Self-hating, maybe. Self-hating, just. Ugh, that's the worst. It's the worst. Um, so I went to a new high school uh, that was outside of my district because of their music program, which I was into. Right. And I didn't know anyone, so I'm already really insecure. And I'm sitting there in English class before it begins, and these two girls uh, seated in the row in front of me are talking. And one goes, what did you do this summer? And the other one goes, I went to Ireland. <laughs> she goes, oh, my God, are the guys all, like, as hot as on the Irish spring commercials? you got to remember, this is 1977. <laughs> yeah, no, good reference. And without dropping a beat, the other girl goes, no, they all look like him. And looked back at me. Oh, no. And, you know, I could feel the blood rush into my face, like embarrassment and hurt and anger and everything like that. And uh, I guess I was an improviser even then because I was very specific with my response. I went, I'm Russian. Okay. So. (laughs) We can parse this forever. I had just seen Nicholas and Alexandra over the summer, and I was right. I was obsessed. It's like with a mini series, like on BBC. No, it was just something. a long, it was just a long ass movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'd read yeah. the I've read the book, really good book. Oh yeah, I don't read books. I mm. uh, again, I still lie. I watch the films, and then I say I read the books. <laughs> oh no, I know all of Jane Austen's stories from the movies. Right. I, can't, I cannot read her. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, she's not. Yeah, some of those sentences are. Yeah, some of not it, so great. I, I mean, her, you know. Her social satire, fantastic. Her characters, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But the, I tried I, to read her too, and oof. I had difficulty. I didn't. I thought I would. It would be a breeze. Yeah, the, the, like a light, frothy summer. Yeah, yeah. I think we got to stick with the movies with Jane. I think she was a screenwriter before her time. Yeah, the plot points all work, but hmm. she saves the cat, you know, or whatever. <laughs> she saves the cat. <laughs> whatever the the latest is that thing Emma? is. Oh no. Oh, she saves it like that's the like screenwriting. Save, yeah, the screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, Always save the cat. Save the cat. Never kill the dog. It's yeah. Like, I know that. So, so you uh, said you were Russian. So I said I was Russian, which, oh, by the way, was didn't refute the fact that the girl was implying that I was ugly. You know, I didn't go like, hmm. hey, that's mean saying they're, they're not hot, they look like me. I didn't even I, I address that. I you're on to something there, though, because Russians can, can kind of pull off a level of attractiveness that maybe other people can't because you think it's a rough life over there. You've been through lots of hardship. So like they can be a little so bit a yeah. little rougher around the edges yeah, and still like be kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Like a 15-year-old from Russia looks about 28. Yeah. And he's got some he's got some wear and tear. <laughs> he's got stories. <laughs> yeah, he's got some He stories. doesn't have to lie to people in his right. English class. Yeah. If it's it takes a, an English class. It's a rough class. society or can be. I'm yeah. sure they have the cushy parts of it. Well, you know, I was in Burbank in the 70s, so I hadn't <laughs> the benefit of a harsh Russian upbringing. And then one of the what girls... What was their response? They went, oh, cool. Oh, it got a good response. They were idiots. They were yeah. valley girl but idiots. But it worked. It totally worked. It threw them off the track, but then I just owned it. Yeah. So then as I do make friends, again, all my friends are... Like, I've got these really cool backgrounds. One's from Cuba. Another's from Chile, origin, mm-hmm. or like his family's from Chile. Um, and then another is French Canadian. Everyone spoke other languages at their home, and you know, and here I am, howdy doody, you know, milk toast. <laughs> and so I kept the Russian thing up. Yeah. And 
Did you go into any more details, like what kind of, you know? Yes, what? I think I told people that, like, my parents, you know, would go to the, you know, Russian consulate for events and things like that. And, of course, people would meet my parents, and I was always going, like, don't, don't ask anything about that. Go, but your don't... parents were pretty glamorous people. Well, they were, they were lookers, and they had been uh, actors when they met. Yeah. But by this point, my dad worked for JPL, and he was the head of public information. So he had a, you know, pretty cool job. And well, my he was mom, an actor, and your mom was an actor. Right? And my mom was an actress. Yeah. Now, if you had gone to them and just said, "Hey, I got this thing going on in school," <laughs> can you guys pretend? <laughs> they might be into it. Can you pretend your name is Svetlana? Yeah. Um, I get I a sash, I know. like your dad with a big sash <laughs> and a monocle <laughs> and a fur hat. Yeah. Um. No, I think they would have probably rightfully said, we need to get you some help. And I probably did need some help. I probably, I I was definitely, well, I should have been talking to a therapist. Look, this is a 10 minute therapy session. You're insecure, you lied to make yourself look better. Right, but at at 15, I think had I um, had a therapist, um, (laughs) you know, they might have gone like, well, let's explore that a little bit. Why'd you Mm -hmm. feel you needed to do that? And And then you'd maybe not do it again. Maybe I wouldn't have, or maybe I would have even come back and said, by the way, when I said I was Russian, I was was lying, you guys. And everyone would have been like, oh, you're a human being. We get that. No, they would have not said that. No, I would have been the kid who lied about being a Russian. Yeah. I mean, I do have some... If like I were your therapist, of Russian look, if heritage. I were your therapist, <laughs> and knowing what I know about growing, because I grew up in school, I would not have recommended that you come clean with that. I would have said, no, you got to stick with this lie. No. Just don't do it again. You made your bed, now you got to eat it. Yeah, yeah. just uh, never give yourself up. But you shouldn't have done it. I should not have yeah. done it. Um, so what first gave you the idea that, you know, because you ended up in comedy many, many credits comedy credits the groundlings uh lots sorts of, of comedy webster shows. sister sister step by step lots of sitcoms <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and ellen and uh-huh. mad about you and seinfeld giant stuff. part on ellen throughout yeah the i got a really great recurring part on that that was fun what's the mad about you one Oh, um, the the first one I, I did for them, I was just a, a hotel clerk. But the showrunner liked me, so he brought me back as a different character the next year, and then I recurred for a few episodes as um, a really snarky uh, campaign um, assistant mm-hmm. that Jamie was working in the same office with. Right, right. Perhaps of a Russian descent. In in my in my preparation <laughs> for the character, yes, though yeah. never stated. Never stated. No. Is that always part of your preparation? Yes, never stayed. Well, like, you know, you said the thing about the Romanov. What I did mm-hmm. one time is I left a picture from my gra- of my grandmother, like from 1915 out, and left a book open that had a picture of the Grand Duchesses, the daughters of uh, Nicholas. And my grandmother really did look a little bit like Grand Duchess Marie. Now, where did you leave this? In my room, out on a table. Oh, were there people that might come in and see that? Well, that's what that was the whole point. Did you invite people over and then maybe they would see that? I think I put it out when I knew somebody was coming over and I don't remember who I did this to. And then they saw it and they were looking and I was like, oh, don't look at that. <laughs> so it was like I was planting the seed <coughs> yeah. for, <laughs> for, for future. For them to go to other people. I think Patrick Do you know is the I mean? rightful czar yeah. of Russia. Yeah, in your mind, people were just looking for mystery like that. Oh, sure. And that they'd, they'd connect the I dots. just found out. 
How did you find it? I just saw a picture. He's the emperor of Russia. <laughs> I think he might be. His older brothers don't get to, to be it. He is. Why do you think that? Because he brushed the picture away. Quickly. Quickly when I tried to look at it. And didn't want me to see it. You mean he didn't just <laughs> show it to you? No. No. He had it out for some reason with a magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he stowed it away so quickly. But not before I got a very good look at a picture of his grandmother and the Grand Duchess oh, Maria. That's a God rest her soul. Patrick Bristow. I'm talking about the Grand Duchess. Um, and you have another amazing story. Um, oh, I didn't know that last one was amazing. <laughs> that was just kind of sad. No, once I say it's amazing, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, yeah. great. I have, the government uh, gave me that power. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but you were a stowaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you were a kid as well when yep. this happened. Uh-huh. Well, tell me that's I gotta know. I gotta hear that again. Um, I really wanted to be in this um, civic marching band um, that we had called. The, it was true. It's called the Burbank Police Youth Band. And mm-hmm. um, was it part of the school or part of the police thing? Uh, it was just a civic organization, not part of the school. Oh, but okay. I think it was sponsored originally by the police. Or they're trying to raise money for the police, maybe. <sighs> Our goodwill ambassadors, I don't know, but we yeah. were in police uniforms. Nice. Seriously. <laughs> 14 years old. And you were playing the clarinet. Clarinet. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I really wanted to be in, and I had gone to a couple of the rehearsals. And um, Oh, so you weren't in it? Not the, yet, the, not okay. yet, when I was the stowaway. I was what in. was the process of getting into that? Thing? Well, you had, to, you had to go to some of the rehearsals, play, and then after you had like learned some of the repertoire and stuff like that, the musical director or his assistant or whatever would like hear you play them solo, like in, like in an audition. Yeah. And, uh, and then I guess if they had you know, witnessed you know, your the professionalism, genius. your behavior, mm-hmm. and then saw that, oh yeah, he can, he can play the second clarinet line without squawking too much. Oh, you're in. Here's, <laughs> here's your police uniform. Okay. That's yeah, not, we didn't sounds... have guns or mace or anything, no. just so you know. Yeah, you wouldn't have given a child um, some of the more deadly things that police. We had have. girls twirling guns. Oh. Well, they were balsa wood guns, but the, still. Oh, the, the, yeah. Those white rifles. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. So yeah, so we were very military. Very military. Well, the stowaway thing is um, they were going to Santa Paula or something like that mm-hmm. by bus, and um, I... Wasn't a member of the group yet, and I got in the back of the bus and got wait, under a seat. Wait, before they loaded before up? Before they loaded up and left, and then oh I was gosh. not discovered. Well, I was discovered by some of the band members on the way, but I wasn't discovered by the authorities of the band until we got there. And I thought it was a day trip. You know, I didn't know it was yeah. like an overnight. Oh, it, was, it, it turned out to be you had to be It ready. was an overnight. Uh-huh. So I had no so. sleeping bag, and they <laughs> called my parents, and there was no way to get me back. So, uh, yeah. So you ended up spending the night where? Um, at a home. And I, I guess they would be like considered foster, but it's like I had to be put in something that was approved by the local police. Oh, you so were in a foster home for an evening. For an evening. Wow. Yeah. So the band did not like say, hey, let, let Patrick stay with you, Toby. No, the, somehow legally they couldn't. I don't know if it was insurance oh, maybe or whatever. Oh, maybe you didn't have a release. So, yes, yeah, permission slips. So Santa Paula police put me with um, this uh, immigrant family that I think got probably like 30 bucks or something for me being there. They did not speak English. Oh, what, what were they speaking to you? I know? don't know. Huh. Well, it's probably not Spanish because you know that. No, I would have recognized Spanish or French or something or like Russian. that. Or Russian. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Slavic or something like yeah. that. 
So were there other children in there with you? A few, and a couple had been what? there for a few weeks. Really? Yeah. So it was like, and um, it was where the police took people, just kids that had just gone off lost or something. Yeah. And this is the seventies. Yeah. All right, I could see that. It was the year of the bicentennial. 76? Yeah, so this family had like all these American flags up in the front yard and stuff like that. That probably sells it as this is a legitimate yeah. concern here. They made a big pot of mac and cheese and just pointed at it and we all went that was at it, it like Oliver. Did you did you talk to any of the other kids that were being held? Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was what was the common was there any common threads like I got on a bus here and I ended up here. No, a couple were runaways. Um, uh, one didn't seem to know anything. He didn't know anything. Like anything. I don't know what was. Oh, you worry about those. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. kids like that who you think you get worried about them even at that age. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's, I don't know. There's not much going on. out. Yeah. I don't know if a lot was going on. And then there was one kid who claimed that he'd been there for several months. Wow. Maybe the parents hadn't gotten around again i have no idea what his damage was i feel like this would be an interesting uh screenplay it would maybe. well no i maybe a short film it's not i don't see how you can break into three acts <laughs> first act introduce um, the children second act find out about all their little foibles. oh yeah yeah you could do it like a going off the dumb a... one yeah. Well, yeah. dumb or maybe distracted. Maybe he just had yeah. a lot on his mind. Maybe he was trying to plan his escape, mm -hmm. which was not going to happen because they had a full fence with yeah. razor wire. And sometimes those quiet kids, they pull it, they, they, they come to, into themselves later. Yeah. You know, I just have to think that. The creepy thing was the graveyard in the, in, on their property. Uh -huh. um, because On their property? Yeah. Huh. They had like a pretty large couple acres i imagine surrounded by chain link with razor wire and then in the wow, corner it sounds was like really secure oh yeah i think that's why the police felt okay leaving us there is because we were not getting They're out not getting out um and i don't know if the graveyard mm. was for pets or something else did you notice what the grave markers said or they had numbers on them only just numbers wow that's like 70s stuff right there yeah you can't get away with that shit now you really can't not with all the cameras yeah, and just, uh, you know, government agencies are so uh, bureaucratic now. Yeah, very restrictive. Back then it was probably just like, yeah, we got this place. We're not sure about it. But yeah. It checks all the boxes we needed to check. Exactly. Put the Let's kids go there. have some cocaine. Yeah. Go home and <laughs> watch Starsky and Hutch. And, and, and boogie down. <laughs> Let's go boogie down. <laughs> we, we can't worry about the kids at this house with this graveyard. And that's another thing. No one ever checked in. No. No, not until they that came. To, right. They came to get me, and all the yeah. kids ran to the gate thinking it was for them, and it was people for me our that age time. don't. I mean, we know what the seventies were like. We got the weirdest part of it because we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's why, like you know, Stephen King, you know, when he writes these things where there's you know, kids in these dark situations and knowing more than the adults, because he was a kid in the seventies. Yeah, right. And you often oh, wait got, a minute, no, I guess he was in the sixties. Maybe I, it was more like fifties. Oh, geez, Louise, yeah, he's older than us. A little bit. Oh, well, then I have to scratch what I just said. Actually, I heard that um, one of his things, that the the body, the story that they... Stand by me. Yeah. I think they shifted that one. Or, or was it... There was one that was... He was writing about a time period they didn't want to do because that was so far... It was it. You know how oh. those kids... Yeah. Are, uh, 
I think he set it in the 50s, mm-hmm. but it, uh, the movies ended up being set, I don't know when, 80s, 90s, right. something like that. Anyway. Well, you know, if, if you're going to have it in the 80s, he, he wouldn't have been as disturbing looking as he would be in the 50s, because in the 80s you had things like Boy George and stuff like that, and the whole new wave, people dyeing their hair crazy <laughs> colors and yeah, shit and wearing was, makeup. It wasn't I mean, scary. No, he probably just looked like he was in a band. <laughs> yeah, right. You wouldn't the, even... You wouldn't have stuck out at all. No. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? So, uh, well, the stowaway thing. Yeah, so that ended. It ended, uh, and you found out about this place. Um, and yeah, growing up in the seventies, you got the feeling like at certain points as a kid, oh, I, I'm on my own here. I have to figure this out, or I'm never gonna make it home. Stuff like yeah, that. yeah. It felt dangerous. It was very dangerous, and it was dangerous. Yeah, I remember a couple of times being lost, and thankfully somebody found me in like a department store or something. I guess that still happens. Yeah, yeah, but now kids have cell phones or tracking chips. Yeah, they have a tracking chip. Yeah. You can't be lost for long. Not too long. Um, would that have been in Ohio, or would that have been in Pittsburgh, uh, where you were lost? Ohio, probably. That sounds like, because I was a younger guy. Oof, there. lost in Ohio. Lost in Ohio. You could end up being like taken to a, um, a corn shucker yeah an amish place an amish the place. amish equivalent so of the santa paula foreign children's jail i envy the amish in some ways and why and well because they have the big family unit ew thing. no they, no you don't like really that? no like i like italian families because they're so big and inclusive and everybody's oh yeah no i like that my well, it's the same with Italian. the amish they're just they're quieter version of that i don't know they just seem white and judgy well they're judgy yeah Oh, you're wearing buttons. They have good food. You're a whore wearing buttons. Right. Well, I didn't have to worry about that. I was because I was a guy. You're a man whore wearing buttons. <laughs> they just switch. You're a libertine. There's got to be some equivalent for you're, you. Okay, you've gotten rid of that romantic idea about. I'm here to kill dreams. <laughs> uh, um, all right. These are some. I got a random question here, but you've mentioned this before. Um, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, if you could make one law, what would it be? Like, huh. like you get to tell Congress you're going to pass this law. Just one law? Yeah. Um, you don't get to um, talk to other people without consent. Wow. That's huge. So people have to say, may I ask a question? May I offer advice? May I oh. give you an observation? And unless the person says yes, you can't you say can. things like, hey, that shirt doesn't go with those pants. Or, uh-huh. or When people say that, though, I never think to just refuse. Like They say, can I talk to you for a second? I've never said, no, you can't. Really? I do that all the time. That's really? the first thing to come out of my mouth. Oh, that's why you want that law. That yeah, no, sense. I don't. I, and earlier I said the thing about like not being done with people. or yeah. But when you say, no, you can't talk to me, do they continue talking to you? Is that the problem? Well, they sometimes, don't no, I think what it is is like, you know, you sense like, oh, I know what's coming. It's a piece of advice about uh, X or Y. And I don't want to hear it. That's like the, fr- I never want to hear the phrase from anyone, excuse me, with that tone. Right. It's yeah. never good Excuse me. That. Excuse me. It's never good. If they're, If it's a little more desperate, you could be on fire. It would be more like, Excuse um, me. Right. In which case, yeah, I'm going to turn around. I know, but I'm so against that tone that I might run out the 
But there's a subtle there. difference. The one that yeah. I did like lets you know like you need to know this. Right. Not like excuse me, you didn't tip or you know. I don't know. It sounded pretty judgmental to me. My my last one. Yeah. Do it again. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to that guy. Well, what if you're on fire and don't know? Well, then I'll find out. Well, you will find out probably very quickly, depending on. And it's not like they're saving you critical seconds. Well, so. I like this law, though. I think that. Yeah, I'm just. I just don't care what. It's consent to interact. Yeah. So protesters, like at gay yeah. pride events, you know, with their "you're going to burn in hell" things, they could have their signs, but they'd have to keep them folded up and go, "Excuse me, can I, excuse me, <laughs> may I show you my sign?" Can I show and, you my sign? No. No, you can't. No. Not today, thank you. You can be polite about it. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you. Oh. I like that. Police officer coming up to your window after pulling you over. Can okay. I have a word with you? No. No, you cannot. Just give me the ticket. Yeah. But we're not talking. No. There's no talking. A law 258 just got passed. <laughs> Federal. The Bristow Accord. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, oh, we got to talk about this. Uh-oh. Now, you have a, uh, you, you had a exchange student, a Swedish exchange student when you were a kid. Well, um, I didn't have one. Well, no. I, had, I had a friend in high school who, uh, again, oh, one oh, of these you people... You weren't hosting. It was, no, no. Oh, okay. No, he was being hosted by um, some fundamental But you got Christians. to know him because he went to the same school. Yes, and we were both uh, in the, that I band together. Okay. And again, he was a person with like an interesting, you know, um, ethnic, uh, cultural background, you know, and, uh-huh. you know, and I was there just like... Heinz 57, Northern Europe. Yeah. You would have benefited from uh, studying abroad because then you'd be the interesting one. Possibly. But I probably would have been a terrible ambassador for the United States. Really? Oh, yeah. Because you would have been self-hating. And, no, I uh, think, well, I, that, I wouldn't have been openly self-hating. I think I probably would have been just, uh, you know, like putting on some airs. Oh. You I think I would have ugly American. I would have gotten off the plane wearing a suit and gloves. <laughs> Ready to meet my, my Argentine family this, or... Oh. Yeah, I was like... I, I wore clothes to high school like people in their 20s were wearing to work. Right. My back-to-school clothes weren't all like, hey, Miller's Outpost. You know, the, got a Western shirt and some whale cord <laughs> denim, or, you know... You were putting some bottoms. in your wardrobe. Oh, I, I was like Pierre Cardin belts. Did you have a closet that had, like, real hangers in it? Made wood hangers with suits and that kind of thing? Uh, no, I had one suit um, by junior year or something like that um, for orchestra purposes and graduation. But um, no, no wooden hangers. Yeah. I was I was not good at being pretentious. You would just try to fake your way through being pretentious. Yes, which was yeah. easy enough in the in the small pond I was in. But then when I was meeting, you know, um, uh, other pretentious people yeah. um, my age from different schools and places like that, they had you know they just wiped the floor with me because. Right. They knew about things that I didn't. But you, here's where the story comes in. Mm. You got to know this guy. What was his name from Sweden? Bjorn. Not kidding. Bjorn. Perfect. Like Bjorn Borg. Yeah, means bear. Oh. Bear? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, What's the equivalent in English? We don't have Bear. Bear. (laughs) Like if you're in the South and somebody, they just call you bear. Oh, you can go over to the counter there and ask bear if we got those batteries in. (laughs) He's the only one who knows to talk about. Hey, Bear! Bear, you got them batteries for the Toyota? No, Bear says no. Bear says no. You know, Bear is English for... For, for Bjorn. Bjorn. Yeah. 
I don't know if you knew that. Well, I don't know things. Bear is very popular. Um, but you, this Bjorn character, and you would uh, visit him in Sweden, and then when you were like in your, was it mid twenties? Yeah, you were there, and this would have been in the nineties. No, no, early eighties. Early eighties, and you were challenged to a duel. Yes, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. By his cousin. By his cousin. We were at a dinner party. Yeah. Um, in in summer wow. in, in in Sweden, the sun doesn't go down till like eleven at night, and then when it does come back up fifteen minutes later, it's yeah. really great. So you know, we're out on on the deck of the summer house. Um, oh, so he was like a rich. He had some money. No, you know what's that great thing in there? It's like middle class people, I don't know if it's still this way, could have summer houses. Okay. Um, and I you know, it was very hard to It was for like people... that for Americans in the seventies. I don't want to get political here, Patrick. Well, this is how the duel started. But okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, I can understand how they could, yeah. Because they have all those taxes, and so right. that's going to, yes. Right. So it's really hard to get super rich there, or at least it was. But, yeah, it's but very strong middle class. Very strong middle and class. And they all had these cabins. A lot had summer houses, summer, yes. And you got to enjoy the summer when you're there. That's all you get. Oh, uh, yeah, because in winter, the sun comes up at around lunchtime for about a minute. Yeah. When I away. lived in New Hampshire, I had a similar thing. Everyone in our neighborhood, middle class neighborhood, had swimming pools, every oh. single person. And you could only use them for a month and a half. Right. But you really use those swimming pools. God, such an expense for the yeah. time that you get to use and them. And a lot of labor and all that. Anyway, you're there, you're, you're at a dinner party. Yeah, and it was, um, I imagine, like 10 or 11 at night or something like that. And we'd been having schnapps and, um, and pickled herring, which I thought was going to be so gross. But... They do like gourmet pickled herring, so that it's like in like ranch or um, a, a Dijon yeah. treatment, and they have mastered pickling. Yeah, and other yeah. than the slimy texture, which a lot of things are slimy that are still good, um, it it was really good. So I'm just full of fish and um, <laughs> just full of fish. I'm just full of fish and <laughs> schnapps and vodka, fish and, and vinegar. And his cousin starts going on about, like, you know, why America's not as good in Sweden and stuff like that. And I'm going, like, well, you know, come on, give us a break. You guys have a country that's the size of California, basically, with a population the size of Los Angeles. You know, most of you are the descendants of people who've lived here for generations, if not, you know, Uh centuries and millennia. A more homogenous Homogenous, right, right. culture. You just don't have the challenges that we do, and we're going through our growing pains. I thought that was a pretty... That's a very good A response. pretty good analysis for, yeah. you know, me as a... A young a, man. A young man who... Traveling abroad. Lie, a liar, um, <laughs> you know. A former Russian. Yeah, and by the way, they still thought I was of Russian heritage. Really? Yeah, well, Bjorn had been told that too. So that had become part the of lore. the lore. That was the lore. Wow. Oh, and on that trip, we went to and Russia. And the longer... You went to Russia on that yeah, trip. We, uh-huh. Well, okay, let's do the duel, <laughs> let's, and then let's we'll do, the duel, do Russia. And then we'll move on to Russia. Well, I was challenged to a duel. The duel did not really happen. It was oh. more just like a little slapping. So with gloves and that kind of thing? No, nobody had gloves. Bare hand. Wow. So he got like really just like, oh, you guys this, you guys that, you guys this, you guys that. And it was that. kind of a schnapps infused. It was totally that. And I don't really recall my side of it, but um, I don't think I was an angel. And next thing I know, he's saying, "Look, I challenge you to a duel." Wow! And I'm like, "Wait, a what? A duel?" And I'm like, "You mean like with rapiers and guns?" He goes, "No, just the fisticuffs." 
Oh. And I'm thinking, if I'm thinking like, well, that's so maybe in Sweden, like the duel is because they're kind of a gentle people in general. They are, and maybe they didn't do guns. They always just I don't know, but they were all like like horrified, embarrassed about him, embarrassed about me, you know. Uh, And um, so the family wasn't behind this guy. They were like, oh boy, what was his name? Oh God, like Jukkerdundund or something. Yeah, too many syllables, and I don't remember. Right. I don't blame you. You can dender. You can dender. So <laughs> you can duel with you can dender. You can dender. Um, and uh, yeah, he slapped me, I slapped him, and then we were pulled apart. Have you ever felt like challenging anyone to a duel? Like no, if you just no, not at it? all. No? no? I don't even like things like rat battles and, you know, and, right. and, 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 and competitions. You don't like just... competition? No. I grew up in western Pennsylvania a lot, and boy, that's a competitive place. You oh, would have not sure. have liked it. I would have probably killed myself. Oh no, by five. Oh geez. Yeah. Well, I think Burbank could could be so, but yeah, Western Pennsylvania was a little weird. Yeah. Everyone was so into the Steelers and mm. whatever. Well, I mean, they were great, and I, I actually well, appreciate it now. But back then, that's all they had, and it was just too much. Yeah. See, if you're any place where there's something that is all you have, mm. it creates a weird, a weird tribal pride. Like the Swedes with it. Fish with the friggin' fish, gosh! You have a like. What's interesting about you? You've always been a very giving person. I, I think so. A very giving person. Yeah. Uh, all our friendship is, you know, you're just based you, on me giving me, me based on me giving you things. Yeah, you've helped us out so many times. No, oh, right. But uh, you've got this specific charity that you like to support. I just think it's an odd one. Well. It's specific, I'll give you that, and it's um, for the Court Reporters Pension Fund. Um, the thing that's happening um, is that court reporting is becoming unnecessary. Wow. And AI is going to completely wipe it out. Oh, yeah. But you Voice got... recognition, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and, and then all, all that has to be done is comparing an audio uh, tape with the transcription, and that can be done by two separate um, AI interfaces and then one human to look at things that are flagged and they're going to they have a, they have that a com- human's going to be, that'll be for a month and then they'll have AI do the whole thing. Well, I think that, I think it's just whoever the clerk is. So like they, they have other have jobs. Approve, they have to prove. Yeah. What yeah. The AI they is, they so. have to sign off. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but court reporting with those silly little typewriters that look like they're faking it. Um, yeah. Shorthand typewriters, right? Kind of. It's it a little is? different, different than different? that. It's okay. a little different than that. It's not just regular shorthand. But anyway, shorthand something you write. Though. Yes, like okay. secretaries used to like when their bosses are going like take take some dictation. They write things in shorthand so they could keep up. So with they could keep him. up with it because he was Isn't always that him. amazing that human beings could do that. I don't shorthand. Think I... Yeah. Well, I think Egyptian hieroglyphs are shorthand. Really? Is that the first form of shorthand? Probably Is... that or Chinese characters, if you think about it. Huh. You wonder why they didn't just go longhand, like when they're writing hieroglyphs on the wall. They get writer's cramp because you're carving oh, into clay. They're trying to get the whole story of their people and everything. Yeah, and also it's a harder because you it's weren't harder, like just yeah. using a ballpoint pen. You were, yeah. you were digging into something, so you, that would hurt. So if you could just like draw like a quick bird yeah. in clay. They had you a, know, probably a lot of arthritis problems. I'm sure that scribes it was a job for the young. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have turmeric. They didn't have surgery. Well, they had turmeric. They just didn't oh, necessarily right. spice. Yeah. take it for... Yeah, it yeah, wasn't, in, it wasn't it invented. They didn't do the therapeutic dose. That we know of. Yeah. But, well, that, but this charity... Yeah. How did you find even... No, I mean, did you always have an interest in court 
proceedings? Not at all. No, it was a friend of a friend of a friend's on Facebook who was posting oh. a GoFundMe because um, her job is being phased out. And apparently, I guess their union um, was mismanaged or something. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so she was just... It, Did they lose the pension? Like they were going to get a pension. Like the pension fund is like gone. Away, Somebody yeah. went to, you know, the Cayman Islands oh, with it or something. That's the worst. Yeah, and all the money from the, you know, that the hardworking... Yeah, Home reporters. Right, and 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 on those dumb. How could they live with themselves? I don't know, and again, I don't know exactly what went south with their situation. But anyway, so there's just a lot of mostly women, um, and strangely, court reporters tend to mostly be single, um, and huh. they so they have no one. Yeah, and that, that, this is they were counting on this. They were counting on this, and now it's gone. So, and it's further gone. There's going to be earlier people, earlier retirement. People are going to be forced out into oh. retirement, like at forty or thirty-eight. So anyone who went to court reporting school, like in the last five, ten years, that was just a waste of their time. Wow. And I was going to say also, it's not. It's like a sport. It's not something you could do forever. Like let's say they. No, like, and there's competitions for that. Back to the uh, world of competitions. There's court reporting competitions. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, how? How do they get rated by speed? Speed and accuracy. Of course. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like those, you know, those waiter competitions you see, like in New York, there all the waiters have to take a, you know, a, a tray of plates, an entire block, and run a a, a gamut, and whatever restaurants win, you know. Is um, there a like a, a hierarchy? Is there someone who's like the goat, the greatest of all time, court reporter that they all look up to? Well, there's Jennifer Creighton, who is the person who invented it. Wow. But she's long since dead. Was she good at it though? I'm talking about. No, no. She just invented it. Yeah, I mean, it was clunkier back then. We're talking yeah. like, you know, Underwood typewriter period. But like in the world of, let's say, video gaming, there's names. Like you could say, oh, this, I don't know them. Right. But they're like world famous video games. Like, is there a world famous court reporter? Oh, today? Yeah. Or just someone who's known in the court reporting. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Lorencia Santini. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. I've not heard that name. Well, you uh, you wouldn't. I, she's I, I she's wouldn't. in Spain. I mean, like, you know, why would you hear about a court reporter in Spain? And why is she the? I mean, is it just that she can go so fast? She can go so fast, so accurate, and in eight languages. Wow! So she spends most of her time up near the Hague for international. Uh, so she's like the most in demand court reporter. Oh you yeah, have an international yeah. trial. And yes, and she commands such a fee that she she's not needing the retirement. Okay. Also, she's married, so she she does have a man in her life. Does she come back and try to help others who haven't been as good in their job? Or in the, oh, sadly, kind of no, no. Yeah. I, I as, as accomplished as she is, and now and she's the undisputed, you know, um, champion court reporter. Um, she doesn't enjoy a, a very warm and fuzzy reputation amongst other court reporters because uh, she kind of just left them in the well, dust. She doesn't she, need them, and not at all. Yeah. Well, like I said, well, she's if got she's a man listening, what's her name again? Lorencia Santini. If she's listening, maybe she'll hear that what she's doing is hurting people. I hope so. Although someone would have to translate it because of those eight languages, English isn't one of them. It's not one of them. No. Uh, you have also, you've had such an interesting life. Do you yeah, ever think I have that? no complaints. Yeah, I, I have no complaints. I've gotten to go really interesting places, meet interesting people. I, I got to make a living doing something that I, you know, enjoyed uh, for as long as I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, uh, 
uh, I have a relationship and I've had dogs and I got my clarinet repatted a couple years ago. So it's working good, even though I don't play it. Um, well, yeah. the way to be rich yeah. is to want what you have. Yes. In which That's case, the easy way to be rich. In which case, as I, opposed I'm really to like, rich. let's, you know, break our butts all the time trying to make money. Right. That's one way to do it. The other way is like, whatever money you got, great. And whatever things you have, let's not, you know, the importance of yeah, things, things has been, has been downplayed so much in our culture. Um, things are so important. Well, especially to like, let's say if you go back to the Romanovs time, like yeah. the czar would have a scepter. Sure. And, and then the other thing, because they're always holding two things. There's a scepter and mm -hmm. then there's like an orb. They were so into things that they had to fill their hands when there's a picture going on or a painting. They're, yeah. The hands first are thing they think something. of is let's get, let's grab something. Some jewel encrusted thing. Yeah. Um, Romanovs uh, were into uh, Fabergé eggs. Yep. Those are things. Which you can get replicas of at Marshalls and Ross even today. Mm. They're not bad. How close are they to the original? Pretty, pretty darn close. Really? Pretty darn close. It takes and how an much would to... one of those go for at Marshalls? About fourteen ninety nine. And how much would a real Fabergé egg go for? Oh, like $125,000. Wow. And I guess if it was like the anniversary egg, the one that opens up and then has the entire um, imperial family represented um, in uh, sugar, that one I think is like, you know, 250000 Wow. Like a million or something. But Marshall's going to just knock that off and you're under 20 bucks, you're good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 3D yeah. printing has changed everything. But it makes me think, like, what's the difference between that Marshalls thing and the real thing? Oh, um, the materials. Yeah. The Marshalls one is basically plastics. Right, and which tend to be cheaper. Tend to. Um, although I think there's some pretty high-end plastics out there now. Um, and then, of course, all the jewels are just plastic, and the glues holding it together are toxic. Um, and there's you They're probably... not concerned with your safety. No, but neither was Fabergé, but well, he true. was working in, in, in pure metals and things like that. So He assumed it'd be fine. It, gold, silver, yeah. um, cloisonne, uh, enamel, and stuff like that. His chemistry sure. set wasn't that complex. He was just No, no, but it was a more natural time, you know. And also, you weren't going to live long enough maybe for the exposure to toxic metals right, that's to, thing. you know, mess you up. That's why I don't worry about giving my dogs uh, tap water. Because mm. I think, you know, by the time... Totally they, fine. Yeah, maybe for us... Because we live longer. And cats. Cats should not have tap water. Because they live a little longer? Uh, yeah, and also they're just... Um, sensitive. More sensitive. Cats are more sensitive. Huh. And a the, bird, in... you know, they live a long time. So maybe you should give them some good filtered water. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But no, dogs can just drink yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think They so. drink out of the toilet. Yeah. I don't think dogs... It's probably good for them to need, challenge their system. Need good one water. One last story, because I got to ha get this one in okay. here. When you, you had a... You had a run-in with a ghost. I love ghost stories. I'm so into it. Do you? So, did you believe in ghosts before this happened? Uh, yeah. Like you know, I mean, I, I believe that there was something out there. Something, I, yeah. I, I didn't believe every ghost story I heard. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. and obviously there were a lot of um, what do you call it, uh, scams and things like that. I think they even proved um that uh, American, not American. Amityville Horror was, I think, a scam. I think was that's that been a proven. Scam? Yeah, I think, uh -huh. and, and Sybil. That's not a ghost story, oh. but another thing. What that was think, that? Like that was multiple the multiple personality. personality. She was a Sally Field. That was uh, the book that was written. It was a scam. Yeah, I, I've heard that too, and yeah. it's an easy one to pull off if you're good at characters. Oh yeah, I, I pulled it off. Um, did once you? When did I, you in my thirties to be have to get out of jury duty? Yeah. 
Wow. So and you're in an interview at the jury duty. I had a different voice for every answer, and I just That's let them connect brilliant. the dots. I love that. I end up like making up lies, but you could just be a different character. And you're out. Yeah. See, that's that. Well, the the, the art of of lying, the the higher version of it is that you make the other person lie to themselves. You give yeah. them the picture of your grandmother and Maria Romanov. Yes. And then they that. connect the dots. Here, I answer all the questions, you know, with different accents and voices and stuff. And uh, oh man, if I were putting together a jury and you started doing the multiple, you'd be out of there so. Far. Fast. Well, especially when I go into like the, the children, the baby children. Yes. <laughs> baby that children. Works. That works so good. Oh my yeah. God. Baby children. I mean, I just, it gets them every time. You start by doing subtle different accents, you know, when they ask you a question, you answer a little bit slowly. Then they answer Do question. you answer to the same name though? Because you know how they all have different names. They're only giving you a number. Juror oh. number 14. Um, have you had any run-ins with, not ghosts, um, run-ins with um, dental malpractice? Yeah. No, not in my life. And they go, uh, has anyone in your family ever had a problem with a dental procedure? Oh, sure they have. Uh-huh. And like already they're beginning to go, what the hell? And they go, well, uh, could you be objective as a jury member in this? And they uh-huh. go, I would try. Right, and, and then by that time, one of either prosecution or defense will go juror fourteen. Thank you, you're dismissed, mm-hmm. and you're out of there. And they don't have to t- say why. They just they won't. They want you. They yeah. just want you gone. They don't want to interact. For insecure people, though, it'd be nice to know if if they were truly trying to be on a jury. Yeah, don't you think you'd feel like, oh, why did I get released? I wonder if they tell you, you know, if you really want to know. I guess it's never said. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's ever... Because there's some people who, like, you know, they're better people than us, I guess. Yeah. But they want to do jury. They think it's their duty. (laughs) And they... uh, And so if they get released, there must be a feeling, you know, you have an audition and you don't get it and you're like, well, why? Yeah. Why did that happen? Right. You know? And you never hear. No. It's probably healthier not to want to know. I think so. Yeah. The less you know, the better. Right. Because they're going to say something that's going to hurt. Yeah. And they, they they don't need a reason. That's the thing. You can discriminate in that situation. Yeah, you know, you're, you're auditioning for the role of Tommy, and, and that, uh, no, and acting, but also juries. Oh, right. They, they have, can just not like you. They, anything. Yeah, they could just like I don't like I don't like that guy. Yeah, but they have to be careful because if they don't like that guy because he's pretty gay or no, they, because he's look, black, they don't have to tell anybody why. They just say you're. It comes pretty out. obvious when the juror that comes out of the whole jury pool like it's all white guys over sixty. Uh huh. Then it's kind of like okay, huh? You didn't say but why, no but we know why. why. There's no one judging or watching though. Maybe there isn't. Is. It, well, the judge should be judging because they're they are and judging. watching. Yeah, you're like, right. closely. I guess there is someone judging or watching. A judge. <sighs> but anyway, oh the ghost. Yeah, you and it was in a weird place. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing. Um, uh, when I was single and I lived in Silver Lake, uh, I used to go to uh, this bar um, called Cuffs. And Cuffs was considered a leather bar, so there'd be guys there uh-huh. like in their S&M stuff. And I was yeah. not into S&M. As but, in handcuffs? Like handcuffs? Cuffs? Oh, or, well, that's what the, yeah, that's what the thing was called, Cuffs. Nice. For, like, you know, oh, you can't move. Um, but... Uh, I went there because a friend had taken me there originally, and I just met more interesting people there and people that um, had better conversations 
Yeah. And everyone there wasn't into the whole costumey like, you know, weird yeah, 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 yeah. thing. The That's scene. just the name of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's all it's all theater. It's all just people yeah. like, you know, it's like Mardi Gras every day this, there. This gets us in the door, but now that we're here, we're not going to talk about that stuff all No, time. I mean, there were some that were really into it. And, right. you know, but they were usually off in the corners. Um, and they fa- they found, they you know. They found each other. They found each other. Yeah. Um, but I would just have really, like, really interesting conversations and went on a few dates with people um, from there. But um, the, the the ghost thing is uh, played out over a couple different weeks. And I was having a discussion um, with somebody by the pool table and, uh-huh. uh, you know, really nice, really smart. You know, I think I was, I don't know, 26, 27, and he was like about 40, and I was always, you know. Oh, a little older. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was wearing, um, he was wearing a suit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. did you just come this from work? Checking and off some boxes. Yeah. It was de- definitely checking yeah. off boxes for me. And we just had these great conversations. And I wasn't initially attracted to him, but the next time I saw him there, you know, uh, it was like, oh, hi, you again. And uh, that's, you know, I think that's heartening for people to hear that you can be successful with someone, even if you don't immediately make a good impression. Yeah. You know, because you can grow on somebody. Yeah. You know. That's, I think, a good strategy. And in, of all places, a bar that has a very highly charged sexual name and energy to it. Even in that environment. Right. Someone who is not, you know, stereotypically an Adonis, Mm -hmm. let's say, could do well. Yeah. If you give it time. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. So, um, his name was Kevin, and, um, and I thought, the third time I was there and I saw him, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask him if he wants to you know like go out to lunch or something mm-hmm. like that you know outside of this crazy ass place oh, that's nice that's a good first date yeah right no yeah no pressure and no um implied promises or anything so um he uh we have a, another great conversation I, I i get my courage up i ask him and he just said oh aren't you sweet and i just was uh, like oh no what? no no what he goes aren't you sweet he goes i goes he goes um excuse me i'll, I'll be right back and I thought, oh, I totally misread this. Wow, yeah. You know? I did, too, just hear, hearing it. I thought, this guy's going to say yes. Yeah, right? Well, And I, I wouldn't have taken the risk had I thought... You're I the would... younger guy. Yes, and adorable at that age. Yeah. Ugh. My hair was still red. Oh. You know, I mean, some people didn't like that, but... um. Anyway, so, um, so Kevin goes off, and, you know, time passes. I'm sitting there, I'm going like, where is he? And I can see across the bar, the restroom, and like he's not—he didn't go in there, and he's not coming out, and he didn't go out the front door, and I can see that, and I'm like, what the living? Huh? And so I—I I, I take a loop around the bar, and it's not really that big, you know, it's like probably thousand square feet, and he's—I can't find him. Huh? And there's no back door. Wow. Which, by the way, is against fire. Yeah, code. you can't do that. No, it's built. Was well, it one a... of those ones like in Silver Lake? They have them up against like hills and. It stuff? totally. It's built yep. into a hill. I see those, and I'm like, how do they get out the back? There isn't one. Right. No, if there's a fire at the front door, you're all toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever, and you know, I'm still stinging from the rejection. I go up to the bartender, um, and I, you know, I bust my own beer bottle. I brought it up there and put it empty thing, and I said, um, I go, do you know that guy I was talking to? And he goes, who? And I went, Kevin? And he goes, was he wearing a suit? And I went, yeah. And he just started laughing. And what? I was like, 
what the hell? What, what the hell? And then he calls over the other bartender and goes, he was talking with Kevin. And the other bartender looked a little bit freaked. And I'm going like, I'm thinking like, oh God, is Kevin a cop or something or whatever? Well, then they show me a picture of the bar before it was the bar back in like 1958. What? And there is Kevin as a, as the way I saw him as like, you know, 40 or something in, in 1958. And it's from a newspaper article where um, it was busted uh, for some reason, but it was, um, it was a John Birch Society meeting and that they're like white supremacist you know, Wait a second. Not, Kevin was a white supremacist? He was a total Nazi, like white supremacist. Um, and that used to be his place with his meetings. And now it's a gay bar. And he goes and talks to people and uh, and then blows them off. That is crazy. I wonder if... It's like a hate crime from It sounds a like, though, from your experience with him, that maybe he wasn't as racist now that he's had several years as a ghost. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, because we never, as much as we talked about a lot of things, we didn't get into well, politics. Well, why would or, you? Yeah, so, I mean, so, well, sometimes you do, but, yeah. um, you know, uh, this was probably during the Clinton administration, so we didn't have a lot of access to grind. Um, of yeah, course, I he think, probably did. Maybe, but what I'm saying is... No, he was hardcore right wing, apparently. Well, back in the day. But yeah, what I'm but saying I, I think, is, I think if you're, just, uh, let's say you're in the afterlife... Okay. And you've got that bird's eye view of everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're racist to begin, maybe that kind of drops away a little bit and you can just be a, a you know, a better person. And I don't know. I would like to think that, but you know, in retrospect. You retros- think it carries. You think no matter- I think it totally carries. Yeah. And I think he was there just messing with the oh. gay guys and trying to relive the glory days of his, you know, his meetings. Wow. Yeah. I don't think Kevin has changed at all. And I, I think, in fact, Kevin should have like moved into the light, you know, and, and, yeah. and moved on. But he's still hanging around that. Or the other, you know, you're assuming he's going into the light. Oh, well, see, when I say move into the light, I mean just like whatever's after. Well, oh, okay. I don't necessarily mean that's happening. But like, you know, you go down that tunnel. Now, at the end of the tunnel where the light is, maybe That's where they do the... That might be where the decision... So everyone made. gets the tunnel. Everyone gets the tunnel and the light, I But believe. when you get to the end of that tunnel, you don't know what... what Right. That's when the trouble starts. It's like when you come off a plane from an international destination, some of you are flagged to go through customs and have your bag searched and some aren't. But you all get off that But you all went through the tunnel. The tunnel, yeah. The the gangway. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. Well, Patrick, this has been a delight. Thank you. I've actually really enjoyed talking a lot about myself. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, you're the guest, so yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I did throw it to you, though, about, you know, like if you'd ever been lost when we were... I know. So you, got, I you know. got a little in there. Sure. I think that's fair. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure, and you're welcome. And if you ever need any... Uh, you're always doing favors for me, so if you ever need anything, let me know. Well, sure. And, um, you know, and uh, you were using my, all my recording equipment for this. Exactly. Yep. So At thank you house. so much. And this has been And Who Are You? with Ted Michaels and Patrick Bristow. That was so painful. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yay.